0: Welcome to No Prize Podcast. Uh, this is the Professor Bud Young, and with me, Johnny the Machine Hughes, Lucas, what's going on, guys?
1: Hey, nothing that a good mason jar of uh, some extra chemicals can't fix, but I'm going to <laughs>
2: Already, I haven't started the books yet and already he's hitting the wine. What can we say?
1: Hey, <laughs> hey, 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 this is a family show. Right. Hey, sorry, sorry. It's, it's just fire, a color drink.
0: It's five o'clock somewhere. It is definitely five o'clock somewhere.
2: It's drink o'clock somewhere in the world. Yeah,
0: So it's been a couple of weeks for me, but uh, you guys did an episode a couple of weeks ago. So thank you. I was was, uh, busy in Alaska and enjoying the snow and the cold. And, uh, you know, it was very nice weather otherwise than, you know, it was uh, was a good
2: time. It was a good
0: time. Did you guys have a good time here?
2: Hanging out on that ice planet Hoth, were we?
0: uh it it was uh we were up in the elevation so we were in the in the snow um and then uh when you get out of the mountains it was just rain so you know it was uh it was nice I liked it we saw some bears saw some moose you know good little recharge of the battery so I enjoyed it very very much so but it seems like there was a lot of things going on while I was gone uh right I think a couple of days right before we are recording here, we found out that uh Mr. Joe Quesada has decided to leave Marvel where he's been on and off editor in chief slash publisher for the last twenty-something years. Um did that news come as a surprise to you guys or
2: it did surprise me to be fair. I thought um I thought I'd seen Marvel through the dark days, to be mm. fair. I thought I'd seen it gone through the bankruptcies and the change of ownerships starting off with Marvel Knights and then bringing off that energy into the other books, launch the Ultimate Comic line. Um, for me, I, I don't know. It's like enough's enough, maybe. Mm. Maybe maybe Disney's, maybe the House of Mouse shackles are a little bit tighter, um, especially if they're trying to promote um, shows and movies, Uber Alice. Um I don't know. I, I was I was surprised I thought he was I thought it was a man for, for forever to be honest but hey hope
0: yeah I think I uh, when when I think about Marvel especially the last 20 years when you think about the people that have been driving the ship right mm-hmm. and you thought th- you think Stan Lee read the beginning and then uh you know I always think Jim Shooter uh with the 80s and the kind of decisions that he made that kind of guided the way even comics were were told and yeah. I think Joe Quesada over the last 20 years had uh, the biggest voice in comics. And what he did at Marvel, everybody kind of followed. Um, there, there are a couple of things that as as an older type reader, and I think maybe Johnny, you might agree with me. I'm not sure. But uh, there were a couple of decisions that he made that I didn't like like uh for one of those things nobody really thinks about um he got rid of thought bubbles in comics
2: <laughs> yeah yeah i get that I, I miss i miss a good thought bubble. That's
0: that's one of those that's one of those things with the internal dialogue that i was always always really loved about marvel comics and you almost didn't notice it when it was gone and then you know now they still have internal monologue but it's in the corner boxes like the narration and uh, to yeah. me to me that seems like it's more of the of the story being told to you rather than the uh the hero uh kind of internally monologuing what's going on so to me that was probably a a, a bad decision one of the good decisions and actually on the fence about this one is uh the the entire trade paperback uh movement right So on the, on the flip side, I know, right. So uh, the good thing is that now you can walk into any comic book shop and pick up a whole storyline that you maybe missed, or maybe that you're interested in reading a new character. I think that's great on the flip, on the flip side, people that buy the monthly books. Now you get six chapters in a book and everything's written for the trade. And, uh, we've, I've complained about this several times is what's, what has happened in the past is forgotten and everything is, you know, everything is new when the new creative team comes on and that to me might have been a misstep
2: I think that sorry I I agree I think trade paperbacks work um I don't like the the narrative that every comic arc has to fit trade paperback form. you you talk about you talk about trying to get new people in the comic books yeah you're not going to do it by having every title in the middle of a six issue arc and then hope that they're going to buy the trade paperback you need those ones and twos issues to kind of reset the balance um someone like kelly thompson for example when she finishes her arc before the next one starts it always seems to be like a, hey let's go to the bar type of issue and it's like boom there you go resets it and sets you up for the next the next arc and mm. that's that not a lot of writers do that but then not everybody is like kelly thompson and stays on the book for claire monty Style, length of time, you know, uh, so I cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Lucas, what your,
1: your so, thoughts? Hey, so you know, you, you guys were talking, man. So, so the heydays of Joe Quesada—that was before my time of really hammering it down and freaking getting the freaking comics. But his influence still has its, um, has its fingerprints. You know, you guys were talking about trade paperbacks, and that's why I actually brought this one up. Uh, going forward, the trade paperbacks that's what's keeping dc and marvel kind of up with manga because once again manga is freaking destroying the freaking peripheral to destroying horizon but it's that's the only thing because what's been happening i actually just talked to some of the joking chat guys is like hey what happens is yeah we we love the covers and everything but they don't actually really start reading until they get the hardcover the trade paperback in their hands and they're like oh wait i missed this freaking issue let me go back and freaking go ahead and freaking find it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so for instance, in with the list I have up here, that is the top twenty-five advanced free order for trade paperbacks. If you look at the list, most of it is indie stuff, right? People love the indie stuff because it's it's got a lot of stories. But what's been happening and it, and, and in fact, this list used to be dominated by Marvel. Mm-hmm. Think about that. This list used to be nothing but Marvel. The only thing that was on this on this list is what there's there's a couple. There's hey the Fantastic Four full circle Alice Cross raw slipcase, and that's up there only because there's a three thousand. There's only going to be three thousand of those freaking printed. The other one is the Iron Cat number one, um, and that's because supposedly. We, that's going to be like the storyline of iron cat and the iron man armor we we still don't know what's going on in star wars star wars always does does well but it's very telling about how how people are thinking about the marvel trade paperbacks just the fact that it is not even though they put out like what 67 freaking titles per week mm-hmm. it's just not dominating this 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 list right here so well saying. and that
0: i i think that goes to show the genius of joe casada because they did it first and now everybody follows with the uh the trades so
2: i've got to be honest i, I prefer floppies i'm a i'm a don't yeah, no, <laughs> so taste so the wrong well, way but
0: i'm a floppy well, guy well,
1: so 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 here's so here's one other thing that i i would like to put to this right you know like the the big thing the big storyline that we're kind of middle in right now Regardless, the media stuff wise is his big thing was the one more day storyline. Right. But it was kind of hard to match that up with what's going on with the rest of the the Marvel Universe. Right. Um, you know, but there's also the games right now. There's um, the Marvel Knights freaking game that's coming out. And then we could see sort of the pieces from Midnight Suns kind of moving in and out um as we're as we're getting blade soon if that freaking works right um so i mean right now kevin fahey is the man that's making all the creative decisions of what goes in the games what goes in the comics what goes in the in in the movies and the tv shows is joe casada being on his way out is that a reprimandum of how the Marvel Universe is going to go forward? Are mm-hmm. they saying, hey, yeah, we know we were hitting toward putting all your stuff in. But now, nah, we don't need that. Because one one successful one that he did have is he did have, um what's the name of the old girl, Laura? Laura the, in the Wolverine movie. That was successful. People liked it. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that oh, was years okay. ago. That oh, so that's good. old
2: man Logan. Yes, major. yes. Yeah. Excuse me. Yes, yeah.
1: Um, and then you know we've seen the reemergence of the Deathlock. That that was part of his, the stuff that we're seeing with Deathlight. That was part of his thing. So, is this a reprimand? Are they going to? Is Kevin fight? He's looking to shut this down because there have been a bunch of announcements of these projects that Joe Quesada oversaw, and they were great. I mean, apparently they were great reading them. But now mm. when they make an announcements, nobody's getting excited about this stuff.
2: It's hard, uh, I, sorry to interrupt there. No, I no, think, no, no. I, I, I think it's hard for the non-buying public to care about the non-big three products of Marvel. You can push Deathlock as much as you like, but it's only a hardcore fan base are going to read that. No one yeah. else gives a rat's ass about Deathlock. You can see how nobody else gives a rat's ass about the Eternals. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You can yeah. see how much nobody cares about Shang-Chi. And yeah. and Moon Knight is as as a TV show is as divisive as anything that Marvel have put out because these are characters that only a certain niche um, fan base will actually know about and care about. Mm. You know, my wife she she loves the Marvel show, she loves the Marvel movies, and we've tried two or three times to get through Moon Knight, but you will always get to the point where like I just don't yeah. care,
0: can't watch anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. boof off it goes. You know, and that, and that's and that just shows that you know what fair he he has his he has his finger on the pulse. But when you've got your big hitters like Cap, Iron Man, Thor, when you've yeah. got those, man, it's like it's like baseball. You go up against the murder's Row against the Yankees. You know, you're not you're not batting safe. We're now at the bottom. We're now we're now hitting seven, eight, nine. You know what I'm saying with these characters? Yes. And no one no one cares who's batting seven, eight, or nine. We want to get. We want to get the cleanup on full bucket base. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I think, I just think it's, I think it's crazy. It's crazier than me trying to talk about baseball being a Brit. That's how crazy it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, and and I want to say, so, I mean, he had some dark times too run with Marvel with when they had that moratorium basically on the Fantastic Four and the X-Men, um, you know, and that mm. probably he had, he had nothing to do with that, but... You know the, the the period of time that Joe Cassano was editor in chief that they were not publishing a Fantastic Four book, I think was a crime, okay. um, and you know the X Men being kind of marginalized for for years because of the uh, the legal battles with uh, Hollywood. Um, that that kind of I think was maybe a dark time, but. It did give him a chance to focus on other characters that were very successful, and and I think the big feather in his cap and his tenure as editor in chief was Ultimate Spider-Man because yeah, that really changed the uh, the changed the storytelling. I mean, when we bring up trade paperbacks, Ultimate Spider-Man was definitely written towards the trade. And mm. um, and had that decompressed kind of style of storytelling that really has become the norm in comics these days. Um gone are the days of the one sh- the one issue, standalone, <laughs> you know, those those I used to have yep. those. But uh all in all, I think uh, I think Joe Quesada single-handedly or not so single-handedly, steered Marvel clear of their bankruptcy and brought them to new heights of success and Look at them now, you know, and I think Joe Casada had as but much to do with that as Kevin Feige. So. I, I
2: think it, I think of, of the time he was the right person for the job. Yeah. With that with that wizard pop culture that kind of was kicking around, we've got to be loud. We've got to be out there help drive the uh, speculators, Lucas, into the market. <laughs> so you like yeah. it there? Well, unfortunately,
1: yeah. mean unfortunately, like like I I don't when you read the pieces that he's been putting out there by itself they're they're good right they're, they're they've they've got a direction but the speculators when i was like hey man freaking what about this storyline hey somebody's been talking about it they're like nah they don't care about his stuff the one book that people really care about out of all of his stuff is nyx number three and that's the first appearance of lauren that's it <laughs>
2: X22. What about it. the first that's teams it. of Miles Morales? Is that not shipping right now?
1: That's Brian's, That's uh Michael Bryan Bendis. Yeah, but Casada was the
2: editor, was he not? That put, put the yeah, they in don't, there. they don't,
1: yeah, they don't attribute that to Joe Casada though. Ah,
2: okay, cool. cool. Yeah, Boom. So, which is which, <laughs> yeah, which
1: is weird because Brian Michael Bendis has had more characters make it make it to the big TV medium or movies faster than anybody else, yeah. but nobody gives them any respect.
2: Well, so say he's probably had the one that's been cancelled the quickest.
1: Yeah, Naomi. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. But it was it was let's get it. one and done. One and done. His, yeah. his, his, that bro. You know, I know we don't really want to get into DC stuff, but hey, if I just like I appreciate you know the W is it the WB or who, what, uh, CW? CW. Yeah, CW. You know, try to bring more. You know, African American, Black, whatever, freaking to like. That's 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 great. But if you're gonna bring a Black girl to the, frig- you got you, she's got to be a Black girl. She can't be a character whose skin just happens to be Black. There was nothing Black on her. There is. I, I don't I don't understand. Like she like she was nothing. She was vanilla. Like what's what's the point? said she, she was she like, was boring. She was absolutely freaking boring.
0: Okay, I never saw the show, so, yeah. uh, but I read the I read the mm-hmm. I read the book I read the comic book in her first appearance, and uh, I thought she was pretty. Boring, myself on the book, so yeah. You know? Anyway, we- <laughs> we'll get away from uh, talking DC. Let's Sorry. jump. Uh, yeah. Let's jump over to Disney Plus, uh, and uh, we've seen the the first three episodes of Obi Wan Kenobi drop on Disney Plus, and there's three more left. Um, Hello, there. Johnny. <laughs> Hello there. Hello there. <laughs> what did you think of the first three episodes?
2: Right. Okay, so I'm gonna do this, I suppose, in a quick, quick, quick step fashion. Uh, one thing I hate are cute kids. It's like, you know, but then apart from that, you've got to remember the Star Come Wars.
1: on, you can't hate that face. Oh, you can't oh, hate it. that face.
2: This is why I don't watch Bad Batch. There's a cute kid in it? I don't watch it. Um, well, I will say this. Um Star Wars is primarily aimed at kids. And no matter how many old school fanboys like me get in on it and say this or that or the other, the amount of hate this show is getting is just absolutely unwarranted. I come from a time back when you had to wait years for Star Wars material. Years. The only thing you had going for you was the Star Wars comic from Marvel. That's it. Now you're getting shed loads of Star Wars. And I'm sick of people saying, oh, I want more Star Wars. Then complain them when they get it. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, move on. Anyway, yeah. to the point of the question. I thought the first two episodes were, were quite slow. It's a, it's quite, considering there's only a set amount of episodes to go. I think it's quite, quite slow in its pacing. Um, I liked how... Um, I do like how Obi-Wan's not at the top of his game. And then mm-hmm. um but then the third third issue third episode with, with darth you you get a sense of feeling one of the things i was saying last time when we talked about star wars is yeah. that darth is such a pussy yeah you know? <laughs> he, he, he always gets beaten by everybody right right even, right. even in the comic book somebody a some group of people bust into his castle and nick off with something you can't even stop that you know but for yeah. the first time in ages you felt the real threat of darth Vader in this episode you oh, felt yeah. you felt his anger, you felt his hatred. I will say I didn't know that the force could generate fire. So...
0: He didn't generate fire, he dipped his lightsaber into it. Oh, uh, did he? He dipped his lightsaber into whatever he dumped. Oh,
2: right. okay. Well, there go. And then there's gonna be somebody that says, Well, why didn't why didn't if he's using the force to pull Obi-Wan Kenobi into the flames, why didn't he use the force to pull the robot carrying Obi-Wan Kenobi into the flames? Why didn't he also in The Empire Strikes Back catch Luke when Luke jumped off the balcony? You know what? you just got to go with the flow with this stuff, man. You kind of, mm-hmm. you know, it's like it's like when you get someone like The Flash. I'm sorry to bring DC up. But the, the bad guy runs away from The Flash, distracts him with something, and The Flash loses him, can't find him. It's like, hold on a second, you can run twice as fast as whatever. You should be able to save the girl and get, catch The Bad Guy. You just accept it, all right? Mm-hmm. It is it is a bit shoddy, right, and to think, you know that vader should have just been able to destroy the droid but over overall uh my expectation levels for this show were way up here has mm. it hit way up here? no it hasn't but is it a decent watch yes it is i would mm. i am in this to the end so you know i'm waiting for uh ewan mcgregor to pull on the saber proper and get back to his
1: uh
0: <laughs> lucas what did you think
1: Look, man, I had very low expectations, but you know what? It hit several spots. Uh, you know, it showed why was Obi-Wan Kenobi hiding for so long. Um that nobody is protected. Like there's no hey freaking hey, somebody's gonna come in to save the day. Well, we don't know because everybody's in freaking danger. Nobody was showing Marcy <laughs> or anything by the dark side. Um and, and and everybody's freaking hunting jedi everybody's got this weird feeling about jedi which was you no know, opposite of what we have been you know, tracking all along um it, it went in really hard and established the freaking stakes right right mm. like, right in the beginning like hey freaking if everybody's got a die so the mission's got that everybody's got it gonna freaking die you do not mess with the freaking set for the sake of the order um you know i think the way they they're treat they're treating the force is absolutely amazing and the fact that mm. hey force is not something you can just pull out your your butt freaking hey i need to wipe my ass i'm to freaking use the force to wipe my bring out the toilet paper wipe my butt no it's got to be something that you've had to practice you have to focus on or mm. that scared the hell out of you and you but you can't necessarily control it all the time unless you got that that practice man um the so I, I I love that. I love the, the, the acting. I don't care damn what anybody says, right? So for instance, there like you guys talked about some of the hatred, hatred for it. I think I most of the hatred has been towards um the actress who plays uh Renna, right? Right.
0: Yeah. Um, out
2: just bang out order. Just
1: Yeah, just let, I mean let,
2: let her act, let her do you yeah, three episodes but, in. You don't know what's gonna happen. Just get over it.
1: But but <laughs> look, look, we know why she's there right they are trying to hit a specific demographic right Mm -hmm. um and that demographic is you know whether it be african-american females or just just females in general and they showed what the sith females had to go through right and there's a type of tone policy and you can tell the type of people who are hatred because they don't understand what they're seeing right this is the type of stuff that you see in that she's going through is the type of stuff you just see in like a normal office setting, right? Like mm. the, hey, like, hey, why are you so aggressive? Hey, why won't you just do what, what we say to do when we when we say it? It's that concrete ceiling that sometimes females have to go through. Like, hey, uh, we know what you want, but we're not going to let you just do what you want, right? Because mm. you know, this guy, hes he's, in, hes he was here first or whatever, but even though he doesn't deserve it, mm. right? And we're not going to just let you, um, you know, deserve it we're not just going to let you go through and and finish your mission not because you're not good enough because we don't want you that's that's mm. the craziness and you know there's there's a lot of hatred oh man why she's like look they're tr- they're trying to give give you the sake of what people go through right even though you know we're, we're not necessarily supposed to be sympathetic to her because she's a sith but you know just a way of hey um she goes look one of the things she goes to a meeting. First of all, she wasn't even invited, first of all. Yeah, yeah. She's she's an inquisitor. She's the third sister. She's the quest. She wasn't even invited to the meeting, so but she shows up anyway. And she goes, "Hey, here's what needs to happen." Everybody's like, "No, we're not going to freaking do that." No, we're, we're not going to do that. And she and she has to use Darth Vader's name in order to get it done, in order to get the mission done. Mm. Right, and then there's other, and then later on, you know, was, what was also interesting is you know, uh, you know, they're, they're on planet, they're freaking searching, they're searching for everybody, and they're like, Hey, uh, Obi-Wan is like, Well, no, uh, well, you don't you don't deserve this, you know. In fact, I go back to the ship, she's like, Hold up, I'm the one that found Obi-Wan. Mm. Why, why am I in trouble? I'm the one that found <laughs> him, I'm the one that. I'm the one that's got, got us here to this point. It was all my actions you talking about. So that's, that, that is, and once again, this is something that they're trying to show normal feet that females are out there going through every day in the office structure that even though they've been working hard, there's always some, there's somebody out there that's (laughs) leading the mission and progress. And they're trying to claim credit. And then thinks he's going to get the promotion later. saying.
0: What did Qui Gon say in Phantom Menace? There's always a bigger fish.
1: As I said, always. Really...
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think. So I, I think that overall. So I'm a sucker, right? I just love Star Wars, and just give it to me, and I will forgive the uh, the occasional uh, retcon, which I think is happening a little bit in this show. But um, you know, as I, I think I had mid level expectations. Like, mm. you know, cause I, I think Boba Fett could have been better. So I was, I was looking forward to Obi-Wan to see if like, mm. if they would do, um, and I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of the, of the, uh, prequels. Right. So, mm. uh, so seeing this, I was kind of like, eh, maybe, you know, it's going to be, it's going to bridge that gap for me. And, um, and I think it did a little bit. Cause like I said, I'm a sucker. I think Ewan McGregor is great. And it was just, mm. he channeled Alec Guinness in the prequels and here he's even better. And uh just to bring him kind of back to life for me. Um the, I think uh as far as like the silliness goes, the 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 chase scene in the first episode when the uh when when uh Leia was running from the red hot chili peppers, um <laughs> that was to me um the silliest chase scene ever shot on film. Um because honestly, how do you not catch a three foot 10 year old? Um but to me. I was like, I was like, okay, I can get over this. And then they did it again in the second episode. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm okay. the third. I know. <laughs> um, but the, uh, the third episode, which was I think where the, the show really kind of kicks into high gear um, with uh, with uh, with Vader making his, his appearance um, was, was great. And I think there's a lot of, uh, there is a lot of, I think, undue hatred for the show already. Um, and a lot of it has to do with uh with with Vader kind of michael Myring his way through the through that fight scene with just like being being slow and letting obi-wan continue to run and uh and not being able to run after him which I actually think I mean we've never seen Vader run I just happen to think that it's because he's his droid legs that he can't keep yeah exactly. up, right?
1: he's he's got no legs <laughs> right? he's got no legs like like I mean they people slow the fuck down he excuse me he's got no arms he's yeah. got no legs of course yep. he's gonna be slow yeah what do you think the, he's gonna force his way around the corner <laughs> yeah so
0: so um yeah so I think I think uh what we saw or what they tried to portray Vader as is that an in, uh, inevitable force right that 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 thing that you can't do anything against like he's gonna mm. show up and he's just gonna kick everybody's ass and we like other than episode three with uh and, and I'm talking about the prequel episode three, when Anakin turned to the dark side and killed all the little Padawans. And that was like, mm-hmm. it was like, Oh my God, that's evil. Right. Yeah. And we saw, we saw uh, the recap on the beginning of the first episode where they sure sh- they re-showed that. And then you see it here where he's just walking through the street and he pulls the, the father out, And is choke force choking him and then the little kid comes up to save him and he just throws him against the wall and breaks his neck and i'm just like that was that made me go whoa (laughs) i was i was like i was not expecting that and then this is uh,
2: yeah okay sorry
0: yeah just just to see the level like they wanted to portray that level of of sinister that level of pure dark side evil right which makes it all the more poignant when you get to return of the Jedi and Luke is able to kind of bring him back right so you see the depths where he is
2: I I I get where you're coming from I absolutely totally get you and I understand I feel it exactly the same when he starts attacking civilians and stuff when
0: he Uh, drags Obi-Wan through the fire that was it he's just
2: toying with him but but then that boils down to the big question you know if he's that powerful, how did the droid manage to drag Obi-Wan away?
0: Because That's... he let him go.
2: But why? Vader was just toying with him. Oh, nah. See, this is what is I don't it? get. It's, and it's, it's not just Star Wars. I'll say this, right? It's not just Star Wars. Sure. It's, it's all this type of fiction, the way you turn around and the bad guy's got the good guy on the ropes. And it's like, right, I'm going to stop now and I'm going to talk a little bit and give you a chance to come at me again. I'm like, yeah. oh man, just kill him, you know? It's like the Austin Powers movie, where the, uh, oh, right. the capture of Austin Powers, and his son's like, just shoot him, just shoot right. him. No, 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 I want, a, I want a death trap, I want this. No, just shoot him, put a bullet in his head, and that's it, it's over. And you're like, yeah, you know what, he's it, got a point. <laughs> and I've said this before, uh, and you know, Darth Vader is a villain, looks great, but he succeeded in absolutely nothing that he achieves. Nothing, he's a big failure. The only thing he managed to do was kill the kids. That's it. Couldn't stop the first Death Star being blown up. Couldn't turn Luke in the Empire Strikes Back. Couldn't turn Luke in Return of the Jedi. Couldn't stop the plans being stolen in the first place in Rogue One. Couldn't find the Millennium Falcon and let bounty hunters do it. It didn't even kill Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi sacrifices himself. So as a bad guy, looks great. Success rate. Uh, uh it's like the dolphins in the last ten oh, years. kids all day
1: long. He's 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 great <laughs> yeah. at fucking killing kids. <laughs> yeah.
2: Kids and civilians. Anything else?
1: Yeah. No.
0: There
2: you go. But hey, so sorry. So well, no. I, I, I love Star saying, Wars. I, I love Star Wars, but that's that's one of the things that absolutely, totally annoys me.
0: And one of the things I haven't read anywhere that I that I just a little thing that I've noticed about this show so far, and I'm wondering if it's going to ha- happen in the next four up uh, next three episodes. So uh you've noticed that there's no episode titles right it's episode one episode two episode yep. three so it's it's shouting out the the prequels and then it's going to shout out the original trilogy because that was episode one through six right yeah episode one starts in tatooine which the majority of phantom menace takes place on tatooine episode two took place in a city typescape of looks like coruscant which okay. episode two takes place Majority, you know, when they're chasing Jango Fett through Coruscant. Episode three starts in Mustafar, where uh, that's where the big fight between Obi Wan and Vader uh, ends in Episode three. So I'm thinking, Episode four, we go back to Tatooine. And then mm-hmm. episode five maybe I uh, episode five i'm convinced he's going to go to de- uh that obi-wan's going to go to dagobah and see yoda and figure out how to finally contact qui-gon and then um episode six will probably end up on some kind of a death star ship or something but that's
2: oh that'd be cool
0: that's yeah that's that's my thoughts but uh, I, I kind of think that the shout-outs to the episode titles are, are more than that. I think the settings are going to be reminiscent of the original trilogy going forward. So, uh, so my oh. thought, if, it, if I turn out to be right, we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks.
2: So, All right. Fair enough.
0: So anyway, so let's uh, let's take a break real quick, and then we'll come back and talk comics. And we're going to continue with uh, talking about Vader. So uh, I'll be right back. Make sure to check out our sister show, The Definitive Crusade, all about DC comics. But let's continue our discussion about Darth Vader because we're going to talk about uh, the comic book, Darth Vader number 23, that dropped this week. And uh, let me just pull my copy up so I can look at it. Um, so this is, you know, Greg Pack writing, uh, Rafael Anko on art, uh, Carlos Lopez colors. VCs, Joe now a letterer, uh, and let's blame the editors if you didn't like it. Mikey Basso, Denny Kazem, Mark Panicia, and of course, C.B. Cebulski as the editor-in-chief. Um, so this is kind of a tale of two Vaders, right? I mean, we watch the, 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 the Darth Vader on Disney+, Plus and we get the uh, the ruthless... Uh, take no prisoners type of Vader, unless you're unless he's actively letting them run away from him. Um, and <laughs> see more of the uh, compassionate light side of Vader in this issue, where uh, you know we're we're looking at um, Sabe, who is one of the uh, Padme's uh, handmaidens, the one the yep. lookalikes, if you remember her, her from, mm-hmm. uh, yep. from Episode One um so she's back here and of course looks like padme so that throws vader for a loop but pat Sabe reveals that she knows that vader is anakin and goes about to try you know pretty much proving it throughout the course of this issue um but ends up bringing him to a uh a cell where um Sabe had freed a bunch of slaves from Tatooine and set them up in a kind of like a uh a re- kind of a rebellion situation, really. And, and Vader follows Sabe for some for some reason, right? To to that planet. And we find we find a couple of uh Anakin's old buddies, Kitster and uh I can't even remember the little greedo guy's name. Uh Is that Wilf?
1: Waldo. Uh Wilf Wild. Wild. Wild.
0: Well, there you go. So we kind of get to catch up on them. Um, and then we get to see what uh you know what Vader would do. Vader ends up saving them, and you know, he sees he sees them building a pod racer, and so we can tell that he's being brought back to his his uh his roots and kind of making him feel a certain way. And so we see we see this, and, and to me it was, it was kind of funny because I read this issue after I watched episode three of Obi Wan, and I really kind of it really flew in the face of the the kind of Vader of the story they were trying to tell, and um, that's actually the reason I wanted to talk about this issue because I think it was like a tale of two Vaders, and mm. uh, you get this one with the uh, with the light side kind of contrast and and thinking about um you know thinking about what used to be and thinking about the past and then you get the dark side vader on the show um and the the one thing like i want to say the uh the art in here is is really i think good i think vader vader is uh, probably one of the toughest characters in comics to draw to get right i think mm-hmm. because because of the angles um but, uh, the inking, I think, was I think maybe a little too of the colors, I mean, probably a little like a little too bright in in spots, um where I kind of think Vader lends to darkness and blacks. I don't know, I don't know if we should have him walking all the time in green meadows. just <laughs> it just it doesn't feel right to me. but um otherwise i I thought this book was good for the story that they're trying to tell. I just thought it was it was a. Uh, it was kind of interesting to just kind of see the different takes on him because they're both valid. I think, um, in in the, in the one big criticism I would have is the pilot on the, the the droid pilot on the Imperial shuttle looks like Wally. Uh, (laughs) Just saying. Um, so what did
1: you,
0: what did you guys think about the, about the book? Do you guys read Vader on a regular basis
1: or, i've been reading all the crimson rain stuff um because it is so interesting especially they've been kind of honing in on the uh the knights of ren yeah um and the covers have been amazing people have been eating up those covers this darth vader vader stuff has been interesting because it's more like a mystery right they they've been trying to figure out who Mm -hmm. who was the one that kept luke skywalker and the mystery of luke skywalker and leia away from darth vader like Mm -hmm. why didn't he know and now they're trying to figure out, hey, how exactly did Padme die? Right, mm-hmm. that's that's the big mystery because we like we we saw the, we've already saw it before and before like hey Padme tells uh, Obi Wan hey we can take care of the kids do all this stuff but how exactly how exactly did she die? Um, so that's that's what they're on. But the main focus that I've been, that I think they're looks like they're trying to go towards is like hey. uh, Darth Vader, because of that past that he had, and he promised his mother that he was going to come back and interfere, her. Well, he never, he never got to do that. Wait, Darth Vader failed at something?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. Of course.
1: <laughs> now, are they going to try and turn Darth Vader into the Nat Turner or Harriet Tubman of the Star Wars universe? Yeah
2: right i have uh, no idea I, who those are okay so right. harriet
1: Tubman was the uh right. freedom la- she so back during the slave days in america there was this one little black lady she was like five foot two but she conducted the underground railroad the underground railroad oh, was a cool. network system yeah where she went she would go and she did made like 50 trips of taking slaves and you know she had like a million dollar freaking bounty on her head Right, and which was crazy for back in the Civil War days, a million dollar freaking bounty. But so so you know, look, Darth Vader, he's the big bad. Right? But it's a totally different story. If he's gonna be going freaking trying to free slaves and secure secure their freedoms, that's mm. a totally freaking different story. And like all this bad shit. Cause gotta remember, it's not just random freaking slave owners that's doing that stuff, the Jedi. Remember, the Jedi were also using slaves as well, so don't let's not forget that, right? Um, so if if Darth Vader's going freaking planet to planet and he's going to start trying to free the slaves, oh, Nelly,
0: are you looking at clone troopers as being kind of like slaves or
1: no? No, so so in in some of the like in in Rogue One and some of these other joints and some of these other Crimson Reigns, and they, they start bringing up the freaking slaves and they they start talking about the duplicitous nature of the weapons trade, they're, they've they been bringing up some stuff about, hey, the Jedi, they say they're these religious monks and everything, but in order to get their stuff done, they've had to use some duplicitous measures to do that stuff. Um, I absolutely think this book is
2: absolute pants from, from a story point of view. There's no way somebody like Vader will go up against a governor, an imperial governor, about slaves. Vader is the right hand man to the emperor. If he didn't agree with it, he would do something about it, but he doesn't. He agrees with it. Wookie slaves. You know? It's just it's just this is just yeah. It's good to get you to feel, oh poor Anakin. Well, really, I don't want to feel sorry for Anakin. You know, I want I want Anakin to be the badass that he's supposed to be and actually achieve something. Going around and doing misdeeds of good because he's doing something equally bad somewhere along the line. I, no, it, it just it reminds me it reminds me of the types of stories you write as a kid. Do you know what you write so so when I was a kid I wrote this this Star Wars story. It must have only been about eight or nine or something like this. It was a Christmas story and it was like oh yeah everyone's having celebrating Christmas. Yeah yeah yeah. And uh, because it's Christmas the good guys sent vader a tin of polish for his armor <laughs> <laughs> and i'm thinking and when i'm reading this story trying to turn darth vader into a good guy it's like reading one of my stories back when he <laughs> i just know you know vader is supposed to be evil upon evil we've just seen how he destroys civilians he's not going to give a rat's ass about the kids from tatooine he didn't give a rat's ass about 3po and empire he was happy to quite quite happy to mutilate his own son but yeah well i'll just i'll just hang out with these randoms yeah if darth vader was really that concerned about Sabi knowing the truth he'd just stab her with a lightsaber and be done with it move on
0: i think i think <laughs> in the purposes of this story i think him seeing savage shocked him because she looks just like bad then-
2: um the, the Padme that he fought he forced through to the ground because he, he thought she'd betrayed him and told one. Yes. Yeah, so stab her, yeah. stab her. There you go. Job done. Next. There you go. I've just knocked you 23. She was down to one.
0: There you go.
1: <laughs> well, here's a question. What do you make of Sabe putting on that armor? You know, she's now got the Imperial Guard freaking armor and the helmet and everything.
0: Yeah. I
2: genuinely do
1: not care.
0: <laughs> i just think it's a it's a means to an end so you know we'll we'll see i i i i enjoy the darth vader book uh just because it's it's vader and i don't think we get enough stories but i do think i i, I see your point johnny because at this point in, in Vader's uh career really um this is the where he should be the most ruthless. And he he obviously built up a reputation before episode four about being the biggest badass in the galaxy. Mm. And here you do kind of see more of like the human touch and where we kind of probably shouldn't be seeing him. So thinking more of like the, uh, I think episode three of Obi-Wan more accurately portrays what maybe we should be seeing of the, the ruthlessness of mm. Vader rather than here where he's, Saving his, you know, childhood friends from destruction. Mm. Uh, so, you, you, you know, I, I, the like I said, the reason I wanted to review this book was to kind of show the duplicity between Disney Plus and the comics. Um, and that
2: probably has an impact on Joker's side somewhere down the line.
0: <laughs> yeah, hey, there we go. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's jump to our next review, um, and let's do. Uh, Avengers Forever. Let's do Avengers Forever number numero six. Uh, and <laughs> Lucas, I'm gonna let you take this away.
2: <laughs> I hope hey, you make them you. all sound. i don't make it more interesting than the book
1: was, please. That'd be great. I can't. I can't. It's <laughs> impossible. I can't. It's impossible. So, but so so for my speculators, listen up. Uh, writer written by Jason Aaron. And keeping an eye out for the speculation. You know, just three three big guys. There's Jason Aaron. He's had a whole bunch of characters that are showing up in in movies and everything. There's Al Ewing and Donnie Cates. That's it. Right? Um, so Avengers Forever, number six. This these have been more like they're not what ifs. These are actual things that are happening through different universes. Mm. But it's weird because in each and every story some of these characters have been going to other universes they've somehow been able to go to other universes and they've been slowly killing off either their own versions of themselves or the versions of the villains that they don't want to to live that's the same thing here in avengers forever numbers avengers forever number six killmonger he has gotten the the uh the the destroyer uh, armor yeah he's got to destroy armor and he's going multiverse or ver- universe to the universe to kill all the t'challas and black panthers that are out there right um in this particular one um it's it, it's it's getting a little weirder because in this one particular universe it's actually a couple of different universes in one universe uh t'challa was actually not from earth he was from another planet um while he was on that planet Killmunker showed up, destroyed the whole planet. His parents saw what was happening. They put him on a freaking ship and they sent him off to another planet where of course he was eventually adopted, <laughs> <laughs> where he was eventually adopted by the Wakandan uh, king and queen, right? Um, well, so so actually in, in this particular story, actually, it, it gets a little weird because he was actually adopted or I don't know what's going on. He he arrives yeah. at the Shatori. He's he's and like like not the uh the Shia Shiar Yeah the Sh- yeah, Shiar universe. Right? And and then he's like the Spider King or some shit. Like so he's Spider-Man.
0: <laughs>
1: he's Spider-Man. Right. Correct. And then Killmonger shows up again, kills him again, and then Deathlock and Ghost Rider go. Go searching for him because apparently Killmonger pitches his corpse to do the fucking sun, and then they bring him out, and then now he's the Star
0: Panther. Uh, 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 Joe decided this is this you, ain't right it? Joe
2: <laughs> decided this is you. This is this Damn. is why he left. He's like, we're doing what? <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs> to
2: him?
0: johnny can you make sense
2: of this mess yeah i can absolutely right um i looked this book up this morning and i was like hey look it's multi mcguffin time again yes nothing like lucas is bang on right this is not a what if book this is a why bother book now the idea that um the king king um killmongers going around killing all the black panthers First off, there's no Black Panthers in this book at all. Don't get me wrong, the Charles in it. But you also get Spider Panther. Super Panther. Hey, Iron Man Panther.
1: Sky it, Spider.
2: It comes out of first off, he gets sent away. Carl. Then he gets thrown into a sun and gets sun powers. Hmm. Kal-El. Next he's going to shout start shouting for vengeance. Is he going to become Bat Panther next? Which which is he? If you want a book about Black Panther, make it about Black Panther. You don't need a fanny on with all these different other types of heroes. And the whole idea that these group of people are going around jumping from multiverse to multiverse. I'm going to swear as much as I get close to swearing. It's bollocks. Check out Savage Avengers. Deathlocks are bad guys, not good guys. They're going around doing all sorts of crazy crap. They're getting rid of multiverse incursions. Why would this one be any different? This is probably the previous issue in a few days and someone's going to yell at me for not reading it. Well, you know what? That's fine. As I said, right at the top, this is a why bother. Um, I will say the art looks pretty, it's okay for what it is. I like the colours. The colours look great. There's a lot of depth to the colours. Um, but to be fair, if you're reading this, I can't so help the you. Crazy I can't thing save is, you. I can't save you.
1: Right. So the crazy <laughs> thing is, is that the, the Shi'ar, your gods are like birds and everything right but for some reason he gets there and he's a spider
2: <laughs> huh? Uh, huh? Right.
1: so uh, so uh, go yeah go ahead man freaking it now now finish off with the final yeah yeah bullshit. so so <laughs>
0: This 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 book suffers also from from Jason Aaron disease too, as it introduces a new a new character and a team book, and we don't see the team until the last page, and they don't do anything. Um, and the other thing, the other thing that I'm going to bring up is, you know, you both brought up what if, why bother? The characters in this book are all dirt. You know, this drives me nuts because. And maybe this is Marvel's fault, right? Because when these creators create characters for Marvel, Marvel owns them. That's why they don't create original, new, brand new characters that are interesting. Instead, we get derivative knockoffs of already established branded characters like Black Panther. Hence, Vibranium Man. Hence, an Ant-Man that's actually Tony Stark. Um, hence, you know, Ghost Rider, the the All Rider. Come on, give me a break. You know this is this is really Ghost Rider version three, right? So uh, or four, I can't remember. But this book, really, um, what this is is the uh, the 2022 revival of the 1990s Exiles book, um, which was all multiversal X Men coming together, having adventures that never really mattered to anything because it happened outside the 616. Here, you, you, it's just this, it's just the same thing, except it, we have Avengers instead of X-Men. It's, it's nothing original, it's nothing new, it's nothing interesting, moving on.
2: I will say this quickly. If you're into this sort of stuff, if you're into the idea of, of jumping across multiverses and characters finding themselves in different versions of themselves, you need to check out Vampyverse because that, by Tom Snagowski and Janine Aitchison, it's on Dynamite Comics. I know this is a Marvel pod. I genuinely am very, very sorry, but that is a six issue run and it's great. Same sort of premise, but it looks great. It reads better. There's a point to it. There you go. Yeah. Sorry. Moving on. All
0: Moving, on. on. Moving on. We're going to do uh, Captain Marvel. Yes. At last, something decent. Johnny, Johnny take right. it away. Tell
2: so us this... about Captain Marvel. So it's written by Kelly Thompson, art by. Juan Frijera, that's what I'm going with. And Aaron Lopez, colors are by the fantastic Georgie Belair. And if you don't know who she is, then you need to go and pick up shed loads of books. DM me and I'll tell you which books to pick up. Um, and of course, letters are by VCs Clayton. I can do as many books as I like, Carl's. All right, to paraphrase a soccer phrase, see what I did there? Americanized yeah. that for you guys. Do you appreciate thank that? You. Yeah, thank you. Thank um, you. To paraphrase the soccer phrase, uh, this is a book of two halves. Um, funny enough, the one without Carol's the best part. It's the way it works, I'm afraid. I love the humor of the fish, not a fish, out of water that ran through the first half of this book. Binary, finding their feet, hanging out with, Carol, um, with Jess and Jen. Really good fun. Um, the art's gorgeous. She looks great. Spider Woman looks great. There's a right amount of humor. Um, right about cats. Uh the colours, Belair is absolutely par excellence when it comes to colours, and this is no different. Um, bearing in mind you've got a character who's got a flame head, um, gets herself in all sorts of scrapes, and the colours just look great. They represent the art brilliantly. Um, second half of the book is is a tad of a disappointment. The art's not so good, it's a little bit um I want to say primitive, and I suppose that's the idea that they're going through, vibe-wise. Um, the colours are muted, which, again, highlights the kind of off-world environment that Carol finds herself in. But the art, man, I mean, look how awful the entranctious and scarlet witch look. And I guess the Harkness, it's like they tried to make her look like the one from the TV show, then mm. couldn't do it halfway through and stopped. Yeah, The perspective of the head to the body just doesn't work. Um But all in all, and I've said this again, I've said, I'll say it again, I've said it before, Captain Marvel is consistently one of the best books Marvel's put out. And it's part of it, Stu, because, you know what, this is issue 38, and Kelly Thompson's been on all of them. She is, she is writing long haul for this book.
0: Is this the longest modern era run for Captain Marvel?
2: Um,
0: before they No, it? Well.
2: No, there's a Miss there's Marvel series that goes into the 50s
0: ms marvel no i know
2: but that's like Captain still carol danvers or do you mean oh, captain marvel since i mean i meant
0: captain marvel since uh carol- in the yeah. last 20
2: years right since i think so yes i would yeah. say so but i'd have to double check but it's it's great i just like how how fun it is
0: i thought this was a fun book too and the the one thing that um that kind of strikes me is the second half of the book the carol book that you mentioned the art looked a little wonky yeah um it reminded me very much of like the Matt Fraction Hawkeye book. Yeah, that's a show. And, and a it show. was like kind of like that minimalist like art, but um, it really even looked like it actually could have been um, mm. that that book for a second. I like I had a look. I had to switch back the page, and I'm like, oh, it's the same art team. <laughs> you
2: know? Well, there's two artists lists on this, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. So well, so- yeah.
0: So Alvaro Lopez is probably the the artist on the second half of the book, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, but I definitely, I think they took shouts out from uh, from the Hawkeye book. But Lucas, what did you think of Captain Marvel?
1: So, I mean, look, they they have been really good at showing an everyday in the life of Captain Marvel. That and uh, the Spider-Woman book. I've been loving those freaking books, right? Hey, mm. give me the everyday. Let me show her hanging out with the friends. Let me show, show me the electricity. Show me a reason why I need to come back. And then they've been giving me that every day. But the interesting thing with at the end of the book, right, where, you know, you got Polaris and Wanda and Agatha showing up, makes me understand that I'm not crazy, right? Because got to remember, there was a storyline where uh, Carol was learning magic, right? That was like was. around, yeah, like around issue 28 or something right. like that.
2: Right? Yeah, because she wanted to go up against um, the future.
1: Yeah, she was with
0: history. Doctor
1: Strange, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Doctor Strange she asked dr strange for help he said nah so she went out and was doing all types of crazy stuff and and then i think it ended like around 30 and we then we never kind of heard about it anymore right they just stopped so now it looks like they're going back to that freaking tour line which should be interesting right so i would love to see that right hey let's let's do this so, for instance in mcu let's do this kamala khan thing let's take kamala khan and do the marvels thing Then let's do a changing of the guard right that's let's do hey now carol danvers is going to do magic let's, let's set it to the side now Captain, uh kamala khan is going to be the miss marvel right send carol off to do something else right kill off doc strange like he is in the freaking books just bring up their freaking strange academy stuff. Let's 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 get crazy. Let's do some Kevin Feige stuff. Let's do some Kevin Feige mm-hmm. magic. Because uh even you can tell that they're struggling to figure out what to do with Carol Danvers right now. They've been switching off this binary stuff on and off, on and off right now, right? And they just can't figure it out. So, let's bring her into the magic world. Yeah, I could definitely see that, right? And I mean, look 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 even on the cover, look! Look at how many different identities she's had. Look at that. Right? That's because they can't figure out: is she a pilot? Is she a freaking soldier? You know, or is she binary? You know, and you got to look, 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 Marvel. In this day and age, especially during this month, uh, you can't use the word binary and the person's not actually binary. I'm just saying, this being LGBTQ plus month, I'm just saying, if you're going to use the word binary, there's a specific word for binary during this month.
0: Well, you know, the, we there has been there have been people sh- shipping Carol and Jess, right? So maybe should, we I, I maybe we get maybe we maybe
1: we get binary and Jess. No, no, that, no, no, no. Look, look, it's gonna be do, Carol. You just can't do work. the poison ivy Harley Quinn thing here, man. It's it's not, nah,
2: nah. <laughs> it's it's Carol, it's Carol and Jess. And I can't, I don't understand, I don't understand why Marvel is so anti putting them together. I, I just don't get it at all. I know, and people say, well, because they're friends and people can be friends, don't have to have be in love and have relationships and stuff. I get that. Yeah, I know, but these two characters suit each other so well, and I just don't understand why Marvel aren't pulling the trigger on it. They almost did last year when she dumped Rhodey for a bit, yeah. And, and, Spider, Woman had dumped, yeah. and, and Spider Woman has dumped her fella, you know. I was like, Oh, this is it, they're going to do it, they're going to pull the trigger, but no, no, well,
0: maybe, maybe we'll see it, maybe we'll see it in a year or two, but well, uh...
2: Someone told me that Spider Woman's joining the Avengers soon. Oh? Yeah, she's rejoining the Avengers since her book Why? got cancelled. Because the book got cancelled.
1: So so, so they literally could not find anything for her to do.
2: Well the,
1: How about said, letting yeah, her just be a mom? Well, the thing for me is
2: the my one of my local comic book shops sells as many copies of, of Spider Woman as they do as X Men. So Yeah, so there you go.
0: Well, I imagine if she goes over to the Avengers it just gives Jason Aaron a chance to not write her. Yeah. All right. Three different versions of (laughs) her. Let's jump.
1: uh, I I guess we're going to do, what, two-minute warning?
2: (laughs) Two-minute warning. Let's go. (laughs) All right. right,
1: Two-minute warning. Let's look at some All (laughs) right. Venom number eight. That was going to be uh, delayed, right? So don't expect it to show up uh, this coming week or this coming Wednesday. Uh, We already did the top 100 comics. Uh, don't forget, freaking eight is, is going to be an interesting summer because Spider-Man and Miles Morales Spider-Man are supposed to be arriving to Sony, and that's very significant because the thing that made the Ultimate Fallout number four go from a five hundred dollar book to a four thousand dollar freaking book was the fact that it arrived on the Sony PlayStation. Well, uh, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, Marvel's Avengers, freaking the cosmic Thor. Uh, cosmic hero outfit is on marvel avengers that's very significant because uh just like the new outfit the storm ranger outfit for kamala khan showed up in on, on the freaking game now that's the outfit that they're using for the uh the tv show so are we going to see this in uh god of thunder or we're going to see something else i don't know what's going on john are
2: they, are they, is, the, uh, is the uniform going to get blown off him at some point Cause I think my, if it is, then I'm not going to
1: watch it. Cause it's, so. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. There's no Something for the ladies. Uh, okay, new releases. The stuff that came out on six two, no six three. Um, Star Wars Rebels. This was a trade paperback, but it was a thank you variant. So only stores only got one per. So if you see this at your LCS, pick this book up. Don't leave it there. Uh, we talked about Avengers Forever. Even mm. though we absolutely panned this book, it's sold out, right? Really? Uh, yes, sir. You cannot. You can get this book, right? Uh, then Ghost Rider, uh, the uh, Mamoko joint. Um, is that the number three book? Uh, I forget the edition of the. Whatever this, it came out. This so, right, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Came yeah. Out. so it yeah. Just
2: Man, there's a Jump the Shark part in that book that just makes me want to go. I am done with Ghost Rider thank
1: you very much sold out because it's just a beautiful cover man it's a good cover i'll give you that uh miles morales spider-man number 38 first appearance of billy um billy Billy, which is well not first appearance of billy but first appearance of billy as an adult also uh, general Gonkey. and um there was a very big surprise at the end so this one is the one that i have right here is the 150 um so as people try to figure out look for the other ones to sell out as well and then all right, here is the stuff that is on FOC that should be out in seven July 6th. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 50, this JS Ribic.
2: I've got to say um, Amazing Spider-Man number two. What a great book. What a fantastic read. Nice. If you're not if you're not an Amazing Spider-Man, you need to get on it. Warp speed. It oh is man, they've fantastic. got they
1: they're they're pushing towards something interesting, i can tell you that. Uh the Amazing Spider-Man number five, the Dartman Hillfire saga variant. This uh, Miguel Mercado variant.
0: Now, this is this is the official uh, Amazing Spider-Man nine, number 900, right? The 900 this year, sure. Spidey.
1: That's a good question. Let's see. I don't see it here, but it could be. I'm I believe sure.
0: it is. I believe it is.
1: Uh, Black Panther number seven, the Alex Ross. Black Panther number seven, the Hellfire uh, Variant Edition. That's that. The Momoko for Captain America Sentinel of Liberty. Oh, that's a good one. Carnage number four, David okay, Nakayama. I must have seen it
2: covered like a gazillion million times at some point. It's
1: it's the every single artist draws right, okay. Carnage the same exact way, man. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's only so many ways.
0: He's a boring character.
1: Uh, now, I do want people to pay attention to this one. The Fortnite X Marvel Zero War number two, the one of 50. Every single one of these is going to have a code inside of it that you can turn in um for a code that gives you a whatever a freaking code that you can dress your character up and everything um I, I I I I just don't know I I look it is what it is if you see this on the shelves go ahead and pick this up this I right had now. an op- I had
2: an opportunity to, to review uh the f- number one of this book mm-hmm. um very much like I did with the DC book, I avoided it like the plague. <laughs> nice.
1: And watch, it's going to fly off the shelves. That's oh, if the wow. retailers even freaking pick this one up. man Yeah, that's oh,
2: now you just to get lots of people into it. At some point so, uh, All
1: right, as then there's the zero not zero war, one twenty five by Burns. Ghost Rider, Momoko uh Tooth by uh, real wolf
0: not a big fan of that cover uh oh, okay. that's not bad
1: uh Star Wars out like, kind of kind legacy by gist uh then there's some Thor second prints uh number 25 they got on the cover the Celestial Hawkbuster Buster and then there's also one in 25 Frank sketch that's then, a nice cover. Yeah, yeah Hulk number seven the second print of Colo variant and then there's also a Frank sketch 125 then Jane Foster the Mighty Thor, number two, by Horley.
2: There's a, there's an advanced review on Comic Crusaders for Jane Foster and Thor, number one, right now. What a way to bring back... What a way to spoil a fantastic eulogy for a character and bring her back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, then there's the Momoko. And then X-Men Hellfire Which Gala, will... one to one freaking hundred.
2: Hell, hello there.
1: But then there's the Hellfire Gala variant one of fifty by Adam Hughes.
2: Where's your left left hand She Hulk? Tut tut.
1: Oh look at (laughs) that. (laughs) And then there's this Hellfire Gala.
2: Oh that's another good one. Yeah.
1: And so quick two toys. Uh Fire Lord.
0: Oh hey, look at that. I never thought I'd see a Fire Lord figure. I, is it not
2: Firestorm? Wait, wait, sorry. I get the two mixed up. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> His first appearance was in uh, Mighty Thor 225. And then Japanese Super Spider-Man. His first print was in Easy Spider-Man and Vine 3, number
0: 12. That's it, Joe. Cool. Nice. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us for another episode of No Pies Podcast. We will be back, and it will be officially summertime. And we'll Booyah! Be- Leaning into um, Ms. Marvel that drops on Disney Plus on Wednesday, uh, June 8th. And uh, I'm sure that maybe I'm the only one looking forward to that. (laughs) So, so, all right. So we will be back with more stuff. We'll be probably talking about the the penultimate episode of Obi-Wan. And and we will hopefully have better comics to talk about. All right. Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) All right. Until then, stay safe. Adios.